0: Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to Nice Guy Deep Dive, where two nice guys just take a deeper look into topics that are interesting to us and things that we're thinking about and working on and experiencing. Um, I'm Ben. Uh, and-, uh, and I'm Addie. Great. And I'm in New York City. And where are you, Addie? I'm in London. Ah, the power the of the UK. Internet. <laughs> the UK? Oh, not London. Canada or London? Isn't there a London, Texas? Yes, yeah, or... the, there's a London, Ontario. There's a London, Ontario. So you are in the real London. Like I'm in the real New York City. There is nothing like it. So anyway, so we're talking about the topic of vulnerability. And I'm, I guess um, I'm just curious, what was it about vulnerability? I mean, to be honest, I almost wanna talk about what we were just talking about because when somebody shares something like that, there is a level of vulnerability to what we're talking about. Are you comfortable talking about that or not? If not, that's totally cool. Uh, I'm uncomfortable I'm talking about it. I think I'll, I'll just, just like, like touch on what I'm going through. Uh, yeah, let me, let me kind of set the scene. So, so we're talking about vulnerability and in our, our pre-talk before the thing, Addy found out some news about um, his grandmother and who lives in India and he'll share that with us but it, I think what struck me most about it was that in order to share things like this you have a level of vulnerability you open yourself right yeah. and not knowing what the response can be um, so Adi tell us what's happening and maybe how you feel about exposing yourself like that yeah. Uh, so I, I found
1: out a couple of days ago that my grandmom living in Mumbai, uh she's she's 89. Um, she just tested positive for uh, coronavirus. Uh so it's just very, very sad to hear that. And I mean, she she's in the hospital right now. They've they've luckily because the situation in India is pretty crazy and they ha- they're not finding beds to actually get people in hospitals. So they were lucky enough to find a bed for her. And, uh, she's actually like now, in, and actually it's the beginning. So it's only been two days. The actual, um, the obviously the virus will ramp up over the next few days and and, and I'll see how uh, she's doing. So, okay. um, yeah, just been talking to folks back home. Um, it's, it's, it is very surreal. And, and I mean, sharing sharing this, of course, can can be difficult and you know, it, it can be tricky. And I guess that's where um, vulnerability in so many ideas is this idea of putting something that's very emotional and private to you out in the world and just, just kind of seeing what happens. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, basically.
0: I mean, it's... You know, we're talking about something incredibly personal, our families. My sister is also, my sister actually had COVID. She's in recovery. Um, But still, there's a lot of physical deficits. There's some mental deficits. It is not, the recovery is very hard. And so Addie and I are friends. So we're talking about this like we're friends. But what about vulnerability in the workplace? Or vulnerability um, in something that is not friendship? You know, just, just being open to things. You know, I, 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 we both read uh, Brene Brown, Power Vulnerability. Yeah. So we're both, book, very, it's a great book, book and, and anybody, it's a great, it's a great read. Um, it's actually, it's interesting because she, it's basically a book, but it's just really her live, her live talks into mm-hmm. a an X amount of time. So it's very interesting. If you like podcasts or TED Talks, it's very much like that. Oh, this is the, if it's audible, very much like that. Really good. Um, but I know for, so here's something that's vulnerable. So I, I'm starting tennis. I just, I had my first lesson last week and there's two other people in my, my group. One is a guy probably a little, more, a little more out of shape than me and a little younger than me, yet I was the one buckling over from being out of breath And part Mm -hmm. of me was like, holy shit, do I, do I let these guys know how bad I'm, how out of shape I'm at? And the bottom line was, I have to, because if I make that a thing, and I'm not willing to kind of be that, then I'm opening myself up to possible injury. What, I keep going until I drop dead? I have a heart attack? What's that? So. 100%.
1: I mean, that's that's such a valid point. Like, I mean, and. On the sports field, there's always this like pressure to be like, uh, you know, macho or just to be someone who uh, can can go through anything. And yeah. uh, I guess it must have been tricky. for. Did you eventually disclose to them that you were, well, that you were I, like
0: winded? In my, well, they could see I was winded. But what <laughs> I did is something I normally do is I make a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I need to mask how mad I am that I'm out of shape right? I'm upset Mm -hmm. at myself because I've let myself get to this point. And I make excuses. Oh, it's COVID. Oh, my gym. Oh, uh, the right food. All these excuses I do. And in order for me to not like want to kick myself in the ass, I make a joke. Oh, I'm so winded. I finally at the end, I was like, I can't do anymore. I'm going to go sit down, which was disappointing to me because I was really enjoying it and I didn't want to kind of let myself down. But at the same time, I had to realize I am starting. This is the beginning of something, uh, not not the middle or the end. So I had to give myself a break, which is really what I've learned to do through this whole pandemic, Uh, really over the last few years, is to just give myself a break. But... um,
1: yeah, 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 so I mean, so. it's interesting. Like it, the first thing when you said that you had to give yourself a break and, and it, the one thing about vulnerability is that at some point, it's actually about self-care and self-love when you're actually admitting your limitations and, and you're like, hey, I can't do this or maybe I need help or something like that because, hey, we're all just human. We, we can like, you know, mm-hmm. solve everything. So in that sense, it's almost like like self-love.
0: I mean, it really comes down, you know, saying what you need is being vulnerable. It's opening yourself up because, you know, there's two answers. There's like, when you ask a question, there's two answers. There's yes or no. I mean, there's really, it's very binary in that sense. And we're set, some of us, well, some of us can be so afraid of asking because we're worried about the answer. But all that does is that doesn't help anybody. It is, it assumes that that person won't understand or won't care or won't help and it and it doesn't allow you to state your needs. And it can really be devastating in a relationship, in a workplace environment, in a in a doctor's office. I mean, there can yeah. be big consequences to not letting yourself be open and free, letting yourself be vulnerable in probably the most, you know, I can't imagine well, I can't imagine that it's really horrible if, you, if you're in a situation with a doctor, for example, and you're not saying what you need to say. Um, oh, you yeah. know, I, I, I'll say this. There was an incident this summer where, um, long story short, um, I went in, I had some problems with my ears. Uh, and one of the things they wanted to do was take a, an MRI of my brain. My ears were fine, but they found something called a something cyst, on the back of my brain which is basically yeah, like this, correct, right, basically like a huge yeah. cyst on the back of my brain and the doctor said i want you to see a neurologist this was my this this was my answer to that because we went from my ear to my brain and seeing a neurologist so the first call was just me and the neurologist she's like she looked at my scan she did some things and she goes i really don't think this is an issue I think, but I want you to talk to a neurosurgeon. Mm. (laughs) I'm thinking, (laughs) and I didn't ask her though. I didn't ask her because I was in shock that, wait, you don't see anything wrong. And yet you want me to. And it's really, everybody's just trying to cover their tail, which I completely understand. But for this one, I told my best friend, Marilyn, and for this one, she said, I'd like to be there with you. And I'm like, why? And she said, because you're not going to hear a thing he says. Because that's what happens when you're alone in a stressful situation. So she was, and she was there. And she asked questions I never would have thought of. Now, everything is fine. I just have to get a yearly MRI. It's not even a big deal. This has probably been growing for a thousand years, all that kind of shit. But the point was, is I was willing to put myself in a situation because I wasn't going to ask for help.
1: Yeah, and 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 I remember this because I remember actually uh, uh, sending a WhatsApp like, "Hey, how how did it go?" Or like, right. "Hey, what yeah. did the doctor say?" And then and then when we spoke about it, you actually told me this is what happened. And I mean, yeah. though though you didn't actually share like the actual shock that you actually mm-hmm. felt, but I could sense that in the background, like when you were thinking, oh, there was yeah. much more to it. There was like a lot more well, that was deeper. And like a big con- big it, hard process it was a going big deal. On.
0: It really was. It was a big deal. And really it was, you know, my sister, Randy, who's in the uh, she's in the rehab facility now. She was actually the first person I called uh, not my mom. I called her. And I, I called her because I know she will have a very attitude. She'll be like, let's figure this out, as opposed to like freaking out, right? And because yeah. my question was, do I tell my mom and my other sister before I go to the appointment? Right? And mm-hmm. she was like, you know, you, I would recommend you doing that. And I'm glad she did, because it took a big weight off of me. Because when you're in this situation, you, don't, you can't really be concerned about other people, you kind of have yeah. to focus on yourself. And and that's what I did. And that was great advice. But I did tell my mom and everybody was fine. And they, they you know, how are you? They called me before and after. I called them as soon as. But it, it's very difficult to be vulnerable when something yeah. like this happens. You, I mean, for me personally, I tend to want to get back into my shell. That's kind of a safe place for me. It's not very... Um, it's not as easy in a sense, especially on the big issues to ask for help. I've, I've I've grown a lot since then. It's a lot more easy, but it's still, it was a total learning process for that.
1: Yeah. No, that, that that that's a great point. And actually, there's 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 an interesting theme in my mind of something like of actually the idea of isolation during vulnerability. Because when you're having all these thoughts and and all these, like, you know. Things that are weighing on your mind and and if you don't talk about it if you don't share it essentially that isolation can drive people to uh, yeah. to almost addictive behaviors and and, sure. and that's one of the things that i actually thought was like wow i've seen trends in, in people i know uh, uh personally and, I, and i've heard stories about that and 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 then that in the long term because it might seem like you're hiding your vulnerability for a little bit but when that's over time. That's actually compounded to like just this big, this
0: big life issue. Things like that do compound. They really do. It's like it's never, it's never really just one thing. I mean, it's something that that's been one thing, but over many, many weeks, months, years, to get us to where we are today. So my hesitancy to to talk to somebody about my doctor appointment didn't just happen in that moment. It's been over years and I look back and I go, this is kind of what I do when I'm at the doctor's office or what I did, I should say, this is what I did, right? You know, I grew up, I mean, I don't really want to get into doctors, but my question to you is have you experienced that kind of, it's so funny, Allie, I I mean, Addie, I think we have another topic, which is really about shame. Oh and yeah, that's, a, that's to, a whole. I mean, that's like a whole other separate yeah. topic. But it's really, why don't you say things to people? Why don't you ask for what you need? Hmm. I bet shame plays a part in that, right? So, I mean, I don't want to get into that. That's like a whole other podcast, I think. But, <laughs> but true, tell true. me, I'm really kind of curious. As your, I mean, it's funny from my point of view. You kind of got it together, in many many ways. I mean. You, you date, you meet people, right? It's invariant, a lot of different apps. You're okay to like put yourself out there and yeah. which is to be vulnerable because you're putting yourself out there. I'm curious though, when you put yourself out there and you're actually with that person, are you vulnerable or are you more cautious? Because it's one thing to click, click, click on a keyboard or a type on a phone. But when you meet face-to-face with somebody, it's different.
1: Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, that's that's a very interesting topic because I think, especially with considering COVID and how you go from, let's say, meet, talking to someone on an app to the actual process of meeting up, now there are actually so many different layers to that. There's like the video call, there's like all these, like, you mm-hmm. know, okay, are, are, have you been vaccinated? All that kind of stuff that goes into it. And, and, and from my experience, what I've found is that it's really very, very dependent on the person as to how vulnerable you can be. Cause like sometimes I would meet mm. someone and I'd I'd be like, no, I don't think this person has that, um, has that it's called holding space. And I and I believe mm. we we have we have a friend Dan, shout out to Dan, if he's yeah. watching yeah. Uh, he, he yeah. always uses the term holding holding space. And if someone sure. can actually hold space for what you're about to to put out there, that's when you know is the right time or the right. Or the right person to share something with. And um, yeah, for for me, it's 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 not been that hard. There are actually people like, like, I think if you choose the right person, or at least you have the right similar mindset, you can share something like that. But I would I, I would say it's better to be cautious at the beginning before you get
0: into a much deeper conversation, yeah. because that can trigger emotions in so many different ways. Yeah, places. I think that's where I kind of fall short, in a sense, is that Um, Once I get ready to to meet the person I've been chatting with, I feel like I just kind of want to go in there and be me and be my authentic self. And that might mean uh, talking about my business or talking about my family. There are things I will not talk about on a first date, but I don't think, but Mm -hmm. I will say this, if the moment arose where I felt that was relevant, and I also like you, I felt confident that that person could hold space, you know, and not hold it against me or take it as a sign of courage that I'm, yeah. I'm willing to share, I will do it. Um, it doesn't happen often, but um, it does happen. But I think I really like that you say, you enter these conversations with the willingness to be vulnerable, but there has to be certain criteria met. Right? Like, is that person, does that person have space for me? Are they going to hold space? Do I feel like I won't be judged? Do I, and all these other things. So I think, I feel like that's kind of the right way to approach things. I've never found that at a job. Jobs, Mm -hmm. I feel feel completely closed off when I'm at a job situation. I feel like vulnerability is the last thing you could do at a job. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, my last boss? Oh, my God. He would hold on to any of that and use it against you. He was just one of those guys who was all about his own position. Even though <clears throat> even though he was in that position for like 20,000 years, he was always worried that somebody else would come in uh, uh, and was, kind of take it, right?
1: He was really insecure so, about it, really
0: insecure. But I've, I've, I don't think I've had any job where people are more like him <laughs> than like me
1: hmm yeah it's a, that's an interesting one because um when I was well well, well I'm, I'm now like you know 30 I'll be 34 in July I'm 33 Oh my but, God <laughs> but when I was like let's say 20 25 right and at that point when I was working I had a very similar mindset that oh you can never show that you don't know something mm-hmm. and I've learned that Maybe it's just the nature of of the work in the sense that if something is just like you don't have the information or you can't make a decision, you have Mm -hmm. to say, I don't know. And I have become very confident in saying, when I say confident, I mean, I've become very comfortable in saying it. Like, like I don't don't feel bad. There have been interviews where I've said, I don't know. And the interviewer has actually been much more helpful than actually, Mm -hmm. you know, scolding or reprimanding you. Um, and I feel like it is still, it's still hard. Actually, every time you say, I don't know at work, it is difficult. Like, it is definitely much more difficult than saying it to a friend or a family member, hundred percent, but I feel things are changing and now it's being more accepted.
0: So I'm going to, I'm just curious. Um, uh, this is one of your questions, which I think is a really good one right now, because we're talking about vulnerability in a more personal setting versus a more professional setting so to speak and that's is how do you view a vulnerability a strength or a weakness and I'll say for me that man I do I mean intellectually it's a strength but in the real world I don't think it's viewed like that I think it's especially I just don't I think, and maybe, I mean, I'm a bit older than you, but I mean, with my own business, it's a total strength. I need people to be honest with me to tell me when they don't know, because that'll cost me money. Somebody doesn't know how to do something. I want them to tell me because I'm paying for this, right? Of course, but of course. this in, a, in, a, in different situations that are more corporate, yeah, I don't know. I mean, people, it's like when people talk, oh, we're like a family. I literally want to punch them in the face. <laughs> I said, we are not family, stop it. Family can literally say things to each other and be mean and be kind, but man, business, it's more about how to get over on something, how to get over on somebody. At least that's been my experience. So, yeah, that, I mean, I mean that, so weakness so or strength, what do you think? Um,
1: yeah, it's 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 context, right? It's about the context and I feel that at work, I've I've felt this, that the exact example that you said of like viewing it your own business is like, okay, if someone tells me that I can't do this, I can make contingency plans or I can do other things like, you mm-hmm. know, offset that. And I feel when I think of my boss and how my boss tasks will be in his own head. And if he's like, oh, if, if, if uh, Addy can do something, then I'll have to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should think from his perspective. Mm. Um, and and I try to like, like like do it that way. So I think it's a strength, more than a, more than a weakness. But 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 I would say this: you have to choose the times very carefully when you do that, because because part of it is business, essentially, and and like a hierarchical work structure, like which is what I'm I'm in. It's mm. very. Um, like dog-eats-dog kind of world, essentially. Which is- 100%. <laughs> so, so, so if you do say, share something like that, there are going to be lots of people that are going to use that against you to put you down or like maybe mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if that keeps a recurring theme, you might not get a promotion because of it. So there's many
0: layers to it. Let me ask you this, So, When you tell your boss you can't do something, do you tell him why you can't do it? Because to me, that's the vulnerability, admitting... You don't you don't know you, you, you you're not educated in that sense nothing you know what i mean or you're not yeah. feeling well or something is the why part of it as opposed to i just can't do it and let him fill in the blanks how do you approach that
1: yeah um so part of it is like a it depends on how much your boss is a details guy Right. Because mm-hmm. some bosses have like a very, very like busy schedule or they're like they're very much like a big picture kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And essentially for them, it's like, OK, can you do this or can you not do this? And I'm, and if you say yes or no, he's like, OK, I know how to proceed. But there are some bosses who are like, well, I want to know the details. And, and, and what I have found is that bosses who were doing similar kind of work that I'm doing now and who kind of progressed, They'll they'll have more of like a details approach, but, it, but but if a boss has been like had a very different path to mine, or in the sense they're they've been like working in a different business and they moved over to where I'm at or something like that, they're very like you know uh, okay we need the we need like an answer yes or no, and uh, yeah. and, and
0: I think that's that's basically it. So it kind let of me ask you this though I'm curious depends. though is so you'll only tell him the why if he asks. Because if he says, can you do this and you say no, I can't, he says fine, and he moves on. Yeah, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Or is he gonna say to you, wait a minute, why can't you do that? I mean, yeah, as if so- as if you should know how to do that, right? Yes, exactly.
1: And 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 that reaction is very key. That reaction of like, oh, oh like, oh, why not? Or like or like oh, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? That's the, that's a very key, like where the idea of this whole non-verbal communication or key, mm-hmm. or the, the tone of the voice, if you're in person with that right. uh, or with your boss, that actually helps. Um, and after that, I, if I would ask him, do you want to know the
0: details of mean the details of why you can't yes. do something? So you ask him exactly. in that manner, I can't do this. Do you want to know the details? And that, and he understands what that means. And he'll say yes or no. Exactly, and sometimes he'll be like,
1: "Yeah, I want to know. Like, tell me exactly because this is an important task. That we need to, like, right. you know, do this." So then, then I'll go in, and that gives me, like, let's say, that means I have like a couple of minutes, two or three minutes, to explain
0: to him that this mm-hmm. is the problem I'm facing. Okay, I mean, that's that's really interesting because that's being vulnerable. You know, that's yeah. telling him, that's putting yourself out there because you're saying to him, "Maybe I'm not the wonder guy you thought I was." But at least I'm going to be honest and then let the chips fall where they may. I mean, it's really interesting because some bosses will respect that, you know, and then some won't. Most won't, I believe, in my opinion. But what's really interesting, something um, I think it was Simon Sinek. I'm not, maybe it was something I think I'll just say uh, either Simon Sinek or Dr. Dweck from the Mindset. Uh, f- uh, she talks um, that. Um, Uh, My brain just left. Uh, Oh, they were talking about if you have good company culture, then you don't have any politics at work. You have politics and gossip when you don't have company culture, good company culture. So when like like at my, my last job, we did not have a good company culture because all it was was gossip. You know, and I'm friends with you today until I'm talking about you tomorrow, right? That kind of a thing. Yeah. So um, I kind of tend to believe that's really true. So how would you say that, um, which is again, leading to vulnerability. If you have good company culture, and if, you, if you've if you ever read the book Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, amazing book, all about company culture, where anybody could talk to Tony Shea, the CEO. And mm-hmm. everybody was respected and it, it, was an, it was an amazing read. It's an amazing company culture. I've never experienced that. I mean, yeah. what do you think about that? Company culture yeah, no. versus, you know. Yeah, no, I I feel like in
1: terms of company culture is a very, very important and crucial thing to, to, to basically how people behave on a day-to-day basis. Like whether mm-hmm. they're going to be helpful to your task or they're not going to be helpful to your task. Like in the past, I've had situations where if I reached out to certain people, they wouldn't even respond to my emails just because the company culture was such. And I mean, I I feel Mm -hmm. lucky that, that now, at least like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in a place where solving problems is important and, and helping people through problems is important and politics and, 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 and and politics. The the one thing I I noticed is that no matter what the culture is, there's always going to be an element of competition or politics, right? Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. always going to be some of that. It's almost like, impossible to escape it because because part of it is like when you are growing you are going to have people who are competing with you and that's totally natural and normal and it's like a mature adult i think you should be in a position where you can handle that without actually like you know burning a bridge with someone or actually mm-hmm. being frustrated about it so in that sense that politics aspect is there um and as regards to I guess how how different culture shapes that politics. That's the, that's a whole another like like tricky layer because we've been seeing the whole startup and tech environment with all like almost flat flat a company culture, and that's very much different than a traditional I guess hierarchical organization.
0: Especially when it's so entrenched, like banking. Right, you're in you're in banking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is an inc- in you're in banking in London. I mean, that doesn't get any more entrenched than, than anything else. And, you know, so I'm not sure how anybody could change or enhance the company culture in such a way that, you know, the, the guy in the mailroom could actually reach out to the CEO and feel that that's, a, that that's okay, I don't know if that would ever be the case in something as big as like banking, but
1: it, it happens. It happens. Actually the company culture and banking has has changed a lot over the past 15 years, especially uh-huh. after the financial crisis of 2008 mm-hmm. and nine, that was a really big wake up call for them to change the way that they were doing things Um, and actually make like, you know, managers more accessible and, and everything else. I mean, it's, it's, it is very interesting talking about vulnerability and viewing it from like a workplace perspective because mm-hmm. it just gives this whole new dimension of context to it and how context really matters. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a very, very um, nuanced discussion and, and there's going to be so many schools of thought about this. And LinkedIn, if you look at LinkedIn, they're like about so many inspirational posts about like vulnerability, talking to your boss and like how you share things. And like, that's where the idea of soft skills and communication and all these Mm -hmm. things is very, very crucial to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Well, let's just do our, we'll do this last question, kind of of bring it to a close, but, Accepting and giving feedback to and from friends and family brings us closer to accepting vulnerability as a regular part of life. Now that's really interesting. But do you are you talking about unsolicited feedback and advice? Or are you talking about me saying, Addie, what do you think about A, B, and C? What are you talking about when you write when you say things like you said that?
1: Yeah, because uh, there's it's, it's usually if it's asked for that's when it's better to like you know uh, to to take that feedback in the right context unsolicited feedback in some sense mm-hmm. uh can can have a significantly negative reaction right especially if there are underlying difficulties with your friend or with someone a member of your family right. so 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 in in that case it can be tricky what, the, the the reason why i think family and friends are a good sounding board is that they kind of know in some ways your strengths and weakness depending on the relationships that you have with them of course but um if if you are close to someone and if you respect them so again again like the whole dating analogy someone who you actually can hold space for you right or you are in that person because some some friends can't hold space for me and I'm like like hey like you know there's absolutely no point in in me sharing this with you and we've talked about this before we've (laughs) talked about people like you know we're like Yeah, I'm I'm talking to this person. I want a conversation for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay, this is, I'm not, I I, I don't agree to what this person is saying. You're not like, like, you're not even part of
0: the conversation, right? You're in a conversation where you're not even part of it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I guess what my thing is about this question is that I think family and friends are in a different category for feedback and say feedback and reflection or feedback and advice. I think they're going to give it willing or not because they're family. It's like, my mother has no problem giving me advice. <laughs> right, she just does it. I guess what I'm talking about is the unsolicited advice from, from people outside of that sphere. You know, um, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about a lot of things. And I always look at them, I always attach the thing about, are they, I get that they're talking, but do they do things? Right. So I like advice and I like feedback, but I like them from people who do things. You know, people who have, have at least some experience, they can relate to what I'm talking about. And I'm willing to be vulnerable and to listen because I know I don't know things. I know, you know, they say, I know what I don't know. I don't know a lot of stuff. I, you know, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room, right? You've heard that. <laughs> so that's kind of how I think. So I was curious about the the question because it said friends and family. To me, that's a totally different basket than like the rest of the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, the, that's a good point. And I didn't think of it that way in the sense like, because Cause, cause my thought was like, okay, if they know you well, then they probably know like, you know, what things you might possibly need to hear in the, or in, in that, in that situation. So that's, that's a very good point. And um, yes, my, it, speaking the same thing, obviously my parents would also give me advice and I, without me asking for it, cause that's just something that's very natural to them. Right.
0: And that's what parents do They're, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's what parents do, but, you know, acquaintances or, you know, even my best friend will say to me she my, I've known her over 30 years and she'll say to me, do you mind if I right? Do you mind if I say this? Mm. Right. Asking me, am I going to be open to what she has to say? But and even though I'm going to say yes, she feels that she wants to ask me, she wants to honor that our relationship and that I may not want to hear in the moment what she's talking about. And I do the same with her. I said, can I say something? Do you mind if I say something here? And she said to me sometimes, she goes, you know what? I really can't right now. And I'm like, fine, but we can talk about something else. And then we bring up, a di- and then I bring up something else because I've known her for so long. But that to me is such a form of respect. Yeah,
1: that, that is that. Now that I think about it, that, is actually a form of vulnerability on, on her part. 100%. She's actually asking you if if her opinion is with her
0: with her best friend is actually important enough to share. At the moment, I mean, we already have an established relationship, but I just love it because it's in the moment that it's not like we're best friends and you're entitled to hear everything that comes out of my mouth, right? Right. That's not this relationship where my my family is more like, you have to listen to what I say because I'm your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad, right? It's a little bit...
1: It's interesting, she's actually not taking the the, the relationship for granted. She's she's
0: actually oh, that's a,
1: a very, very big
0: big point for someone yeah. like a best friend. Yeah, honestly, that's a great way to put it. Um, but and it's funny because even when you take you don't if you because I think maybe that's where it is, people who take relationships for granted tend to assume a lot of stuff. Like they just assume you're interested in what they have to yeah. talk about when it's really, more often than not, it's really not interesting, at least to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I kind of want to see, how can we how can we end the talk about vulnerability? Um, how can we kind of put a bow tie on it? Um, I mean, I do recommend reading Power of Vulnerability. I do think it's great. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a good idea to maybe, the, uh, yeah. The next one, Daring Greatly by Brené Brown Oh, I'm reading amazing it. I'm reading that. it now. Yeah, I'm reading it now. It's also a very good book. I, again, the same themes. I mean, that's kind of her. It's like the same themes, just with a little bit different twist to it. Um, I do like Daring Greatly because I feel like with Beanie Sleeper, I've kind of been doing that. I've kind mm-hmm. of been daring greatly and, and, and that yeah. at least, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back, but kind of acknowledging that it isn't easy bringing a business to life, birthing a new idea. Right. And that is vulnerable. That is totally putting, opening, opening your belly up and saying, here I am. Right. It's, I, it is very much like that.
1: And and this, this idea of like, like when someone says it's just business, it's not personal, but business is actually one of the most personal oh things my you God. can do. So. Or, when,
0: <laughs> when people say that, on. I kind of want to go, are you kidding me? Or when they, it's like when people say, I'm brutally honest, I want to just smack them. Because why do you have to be brutal with your honesty? And why do you think people are entitled to hearing your honesty? When I see that, especially on a dating app, and you know what I'm talking about, people will put that in their description as if it's a thing. As if, oh my God, he or she is brutally honest. I wanna meet that person. I'm like, I want to run the other way as fast as I can (laughs) when I see stuff like that. Let's wrap it up there if you don't mind. I think that's a good place to kind of end it. But let me just say this. Um, Let me give a big shout out to anybody who's listening. Let me give a big shout out to my friend Addy for taking this deep dive with me. Cause you know, we're nice guys and taking a deep dive. And so we're gonna be on, we have a YouTube channel, right? Is it the Nice Guy Deep Dive YouTube channel? It is, it is Nice Guy Deep Dive. You can subscribe, like, comment, Um, And we'll put a link in, we'll put a link at the bottom of this. And we'll also be on Spotify. We might be on a few others by now, but we're going to be on Spotify um, probably in the next two hours once I get all this done. And uh, next week, I'm not sure what the topic is, but please feel free to join us. We'll get our Instagram going. We're so new with this. Uh, So we'll get all that stuff going. So for the, you know, half a person who may be listening, thank you so much. And uh, bye from New York and... Bye from London. (laughs) London, England. (laughs) London, UK. London, UK. London, London, England. England. All right. So bye, everybody. And I'll stop now. Cheers. (laughs)